Bandwidth for all shows on the Aussie Tech Heads network is supplied by Aussie Tech Heads Web Hosting. For a fast, affordable and reliable Australian server with fantastic support, contact Aussie Tech Heads Web Hosting at aussietechheads.com.au. Aussie Tech Heads, Australia's best hosting service. Welcome to another episode of Aussie Tech Heads, episode 400 and, what is it, 33 this week. Wacky do. The 16th of April, yeah, 2015. It's all uh, oh, mid, what is it, mid-autumn. Jesus, and it's getting cooler as well. All right, so we've got a, a good show for you this week. We've got um, we've got a special guest. He's back. Frank's back from scopeiteducation.com.au. We're gonna have a we're gonna check in with him and see how how, how it's all going, how the kids are learning and, and how it's, uh, it's all... Yeah, panning out for him. But before we do that, uh, let's have a chat to Jace. We'll catch up with Jace first, I think. How you doing, Jace? Yeah, not too bad. How's yourself, Lee? Yeah, not too bad. What have you been up to this past week? Another podcast. Oh, that's right. I saw you've got two, uh, two yep. new ones this week, and they're on the. That's, of course, they're on the radio, uh, starting tomorrow, aren't they? The old. Yeah, we. Kids. I actually recorded all of the voice this time, so we've got Bev again. <laughs> uh, so, what was the last time you recorded? Half just you a or few weeks ago, we recorded a whole show with her, and then I found out that I don't re- because there's some changes I'd made in the application. I only recorded my voice and nobody else's for the whole show, so we had to throw <laughs> that out. And Will and I redid it, and she couldn't make it because she had other commitments. So this time we got everybody, so it's great. Good stuff. So that's all. Uh, so it's obviously all on iTunes and your favourite podcatcher, or you can, if you're lucky enough, get it in the run on the AussieTechRadio.com, which streams 24/7. Good stuff. And I saw those today, actually, when I was, was getting it ready. All right. Let's uh, welcome back Frank. How are you doing, Frank? Uh, very good, Glenn. That's good. And what have you been up to? Uh, busy, busy? Uh, yeah, very busy. Oh. Uh, ever since the, the podcast last time, things have you know moved on. So Skyrocketed. I'm keeping pretty busy. Oh, that's good. That's excellent. And uh, so uh, bring us up to date with, say, what's... Uh, yeah, so uh, the, you've, your areas have kicked off. Schools are in there. They're, they're teaching the stuff. Um, everyone's happy. Yeah, so far um, we, we've sort of just started lessons uh, coming uh, in, into this term. We, we've spent the last term doing some trials with schools and speaking to principals and uh, funnily enough, we uh, had our first school actually book after listening to your show. Excellent um, stuff. So that was, uh, it wasn't what we actually intended. We were looking for franchisees, but instead we found schools. So it, right. you know, we, so, we won anyway. So, what, um, so yeah, no, it, it's going really well. Excellent. So, so then along with that, uh, uh, so, because the school contacted you, does that go into a franchisee's area, or how does how does that work? Yeah, absolutely. We have a, a franchisee. It's in the, the the northern part of Sydney. Um, so that franchisee now uh, goes into the school and will you know teach those kids uh, all the courses that the school has selected to 
to have their kids learn over the, the coming terms. Right. Okay. And uh, yeah, so that's that's excellent. I'm so happy to get that feedback that you know the that the, the principal was uh, <laughs> he heard heard you on the show. That's excellent news. Thank you. Yeah. And he might be listening to this week. So hello to you. I, I reckon he will be now. So thanks, Glenn. <laughs> it was great to have you as our uh, first principal on board. Excellent. Thank you very much. Um, yeah. Okay. So uh, let's start off with look. If you're wondering where Will is, Will is. Uh, got Skype <laughs> Skype issues, and he may, that's a big may, join us through the show at some time. But he's rebooting. He's hes, he's done a, a rebooted thrice. He's just said uh, Skype's not working. He's completely out. He's not going to be on. Oh, okay. Okay. So what's going on with his computer, Jase? What, what's happening? <laughs> when does his computer work right? <laughs> Didn't he get a new one? Any of his computers. He's got completely new computers all the time, and they just keep dying. I reckon, he, I reckon he's static man. I reckon he touches it and just statically charges. He's like it all. the opposite of uh, King Midas. Everything he touches turned to crap. <laughs> it, it might be. It might be. Oh, look! I was looking forward to catching up with his Android news, but um, oh. yeah, it took us a while to get our show started the other night because he tried Skype. That didn't work. So we tried that new one that he found for you. That didn't work. So. He tried um, Hangouts, that didn't work, so we went back to Skype and eventually got that going enough. Oh, what's up with Skype? Like, I don't understand what's... What, Talk what down heels since Microsoft. <laughs> Just so, wait for Minecraft to now go bad. <laughs> I haven't had a problem. Skype's been working pretty good for me. I don't know. It's, uh, other than it's hard to, hard to sort of sometimes work out how to do what you want to do, but I don't yeah. know. Come on, Will. What's going on? What's going on? Maybe get Sonia to build your computers, eh? <laughs> do something like that. All right, let's have a look. Um, I don't know. Let's start. Let's have a. Let's start with a story about how an ISP in Melbourne. This has got nothing to, you, to do with you, has it, Jace? Just no, before we, <laughs> we don't do ISP stuff. We do websites. Oh, okay, cool. Just before we go on to this story, it was a negative story for him. But Melbourne-based Planet ISP has refunded a customer over five thousand dollars a year after being ordered to hand back the money by the TIO. Now, the customer had his phone stolen in August 2012. It was used to make 92 unauthorised international phone calls. And that added up to $5,115. Wowzers. The, um, so anyway, the customer notified the ISP, said, hey, you know, phone stolen. Stop me card, stop me phone, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the customer was still charged the cost of the calls made by the, uh, from, by the thief from the phone. So obviously the company didn't, I don't know, stop the phone. So anyway... The guy went to the TIO, got the got the ruling for him, and then uh, yes, yeah, taken Melbourne ISP five thousand. I mean, a year later, but that's uh, that's a long time. I think it's um that's too long. Is that is that too long, Frank? Is that in your business opinion? That's too long. Yeah, it does seem like it's probably just something where they've uh, pushed it into the you know the back room and just never got around to doing anything by the sounds of it. <laughs> well, they probably did. Two years is a bit excessive. Yeah, look, it reminds me. <laughs> look, I had a, I went to a fair trading tribunal once uh, I ordered a part for my car uh, over the phone and when it arrived it was the wrong part it was very very similar but it just it was the wrong part it couldn't be used because it had some a, a bit of the molding was I don't know you know uh, was a bit of molding was on a bit of molding that shouldn't have been there so anyway it wouldn't fit so anyway uh, they didn't want to take it back because I got it from a wrecker so I went to the the ombudsman or the you know the fair trading and, you know, they were pretty arrogant, you know, they, they didn't want to help me at all. I, I tried to ring them, talk to me, they, they got up me on the phone, all this sort of stuff. So I went to the fair trading in Victoria, it was, and so I got the uh, uh, 
came to a phone hearing because obviously I couldn't go to Victoria. So I got to a phone hearing and then the, the judge, they didn't turn up. So that was helpful. <laughs> so they didn't turn up. Uh, the judge said, well, you better tell me the story. So I told her the story. She goes, well, we can't have any argument because they're not here. So this is only worth like, this was, I think, 400 bucks or something. So anyway, so she goes, okay, granted, you win. And then when I got the money back, they, they paid it relatively quickly, I suppose, after they got the order. But then on the bank statement, it's got um, under protest, <laughs> like in, in capital letters. And I thought, well, you know, you, if you wanted to protest, you could have turned up at the on the phone hearing, whatever. You had your chance. But, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But uh, well, there wasn't but, much of a protest, was there? No, there was. There was a silent one. <laughs> it was a, like a silent auction, a silent protest. But yeah, look, you know, I suppose you. People, they don't want to pay. I remember years ago, I took another mob. Remember that uh, year 2000 bug that everyone was crying about? It's going to mm-hmm. stop, you know, going to stop the the, the water. It's going to stop. That's right. The world is going to blow up. Rain's going to fall up. Cat yeah. sleeping with dogs. <laughs> That's right. Do you remember that, Frank? Were you, were you yeah, in? I do. I do. Actually, my friend actually got a job in IT purely solving those bugs. Yeah, right. <laughs> Or but, bugs. They, they didn't seem to be that big an issue. I don't see what the big deal is if it, you know, reads a date wrong. Planes aren't going to fall out of the sky because no. of the date. Well, that's what, they, that's what they worried about, though, wasn't it? It's, it um, was, yeah. Yeah, so anyway, so I think I, I bought some of this software, you know, to check the computer if it was Y2K susceptible or whatever. And, you know, it wasn't cheap. It was about 500 bucks or something. But where the bloke got me was he told, he told me that uh, it was being used by Coca-Cola and, you know, all these big companies. And then, uh, so I sort of said, yeah, okay. I said, well, if, if everyone's using it, I'll buy it. So when I bought it, it sort of came in this really dodgy looking package. You know, it was just dodgy. And I thought, what is this? You know, there's all these big companies really going to use this? And so I started looking into it and, and I found out that, no, these big companies weren't using it. And then his web page was different to the international. And it was just a you know, big, big dodge, big dodgeball. So anyway, dodgy brothers. I, I took him as well. I'm a, I'm a serial uh, litigator. <laughs> Are you sure you're not American? No, no, but uh, but yeah, but you know, it's all good fun, isn't it? I've only had it's two good over. To stand up for what? For you. What's yeah, well, I've only had two not in ten years. Good fun for them. <laughs> no, probably not. no, but I'm just saying. Um, and he protests. He didn't want to. He didn't want to pay me. But in the end, I have to. But anyway, well, that was uh, <laughs> that went off on a bit of a tangent. That story, didn't it? Uh, you had any experience, Jace, with fair trading or anything like that? No, I haven't had any problems like that, thankfully. <laughs> Cross touch wood. Yeah, as long as it's not too bad. That's just the way it goes. Uh, all right. Well, uh, let's have a let's have a look. Ask Jace what he's got for us. Did you get these stories this week, Jace? Yeah. Well, everybody knows that Netflix is Netflix. Netflix. That's a new one. <laughs> Netflix is launched in Australia now, but uh, they may have signed a deal to give Optus and IINet customers unmetered streaming of the service. But it appears the company now regrets the decision. A streaming service argued that signing unmetered agreements with internet service providers weakens their fight for net neutrality, the principle that ISPs and government should treat all data equally on the internet. For a number of years, Netflix has been publicly battling American ISPs over the issue. Now the company has been unwillingly joined the fight in Australia. Data caps inhibit internet innovation and are bad for consumers, Netflix wrote an investor note. In Australia, we recently sought to protect our new members from data caps by participating participating in ISP programs that, while common in Australia, effectively condone discriminating among video services, some capped, some not. Netflix said it should not have signed deals with iInet and Optus and would avoid signing further deals in the future. 
Fortunately, most fixed line ISPs are raising or eliminating data caps in line with our belief that ISPs should provide great video for all services in the market let consumers do the cho choosing. So, Ed, you remember we've talked previously on this show about uh, Telstra just uh, randomly doubling people's caps recently mm. and coming very soon. And have, have you? And I'll tell you about ra randomly doubling caps. That's not how it works at all, because I got to. It was all supposed to happen on April 9th. I'm getting excited, rub my hands together, <laughs> saying I'm going to get some more data, e phone, and at home. I went, yippee! <laughs> you know, I know it happen overnight, but it might happen. So anyway, got on the phone to Telstra. And uh, I said to him, oh, listen, I read in the paper, you know, that uh, April 9, supposed to start getting some increases in caps. Like, not that I, I use my caps, but uh, but anyway, you know, I thought I'd follow it up. I, I want it rather than let it, you know, go away, go by and maybe miss out. So anyway, uh, she goes, oh, listen, that's, uh, you only get the increase in the data if you're on a new mobile plan, new customers, new mobile plan. I went... Right, okay. <laughs> I thought, okay, rightio. So I said, okay, all right, how about the home plan? That hasn't increased then. I'm, I'm in for a go here, in for a show, because, yep. you know, I've been there for ages. And um, and she goes, no. She goes, uh, oh, I said, because I could re-sign. I'm out of contract, so I could re-sign. She goes, no, the home plan, you only get an increase if you're a really old customer. So, <laughs> so, so for a moment, wait, wait, where's, where's that? I'm really old. Get off my lawn. Right. How will you give me the update? So I missed out. So mobile, you have to be a new customer, but broadband, you have to be an old customer. <laughs> uh, I couldn't win. I couldn't win. So anyway, she goes, no. You're as unlucky as Will. Yeah, I know. But how, and I just thought that was very, uh. Yeah, very strange, you know, but, um, but that's how it works. So maybe, like, why are people on old plans? They're increasing the old plans. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That was just... I'm very happy with my unlimited TPG for 60 bucks a month. Thank you. Uh, that's not... Oh, what about the merger? Are they going to give you unlimited Netflix with that? Doesn't matter. The um, internet is unlimited, so the Netflix is relevant, how much they get metered or not. I wonder if, if, is, I wonder if Netflix is... Uh, unlimited with iinet if you're using the US Netflix do you reckon probably not because um you'll be tunneling through to there and it won't be coming from the local server so i'd say probably not mm. have what about you frank have you got netflix or have you dabbled in any of those stands um, no i don't use any streaming services i um i watch a movie from time to time via my apple tv oh, um, but uh yeah I, I don't stream a lot of media Personally, yeah, you got Foxtel or just not a big TV. Yeah, Foxtel's our, our go to whenever we watch anything, so yeah, okay, yeah, because I know uh, that the Foxtel, which leads into another story, doesn't it? Like, probably the biggest, biggest story of the week everyone's probably heard of is just the, the Game of Thrones, apparently. Yep. You know, it's uh, don't download it. <laughs> do you reckon They'll they're watching? You. Do you reckon they, they've, they've put it out there just to catch people? Trap, it might it's be a trap. I didn't think law enforcement was supposed to act like a trap. You couldn't go fishing, can you? Well, it doesn't matter if the law enforcement might not be doing it, but the um, HBO or whoever might be doing it. They're yeah. not law enforcement, so where's the rule for them? <laughs> well, yeah, okay. Well, anyway, the Game of Thrones uh, broadcasts uh, was the first episode was this week, wasn't it? Tell you what happens. Everybody dies. That's all that happens in Game <laughs> of Thrones, especially your favorite characters. <laughs> I think you get your head cut Spoiler off. alert. You get your head cut off, don't you? Or blown off or something or other. Um, Game they of had Thrones. the red wedding, so next is going to be red birthday, red, you know, everything. 
So anyway, what's happened with Game of Thrones is you know how everyone. I don't even watch it. I've never. I've seen about twenty minutes of the first episode. I watched the first two seasons and couldn't be bothered watching the rest. There's nothing to keep me in there. Yeah, well, Kim just says she goes. I'm not watching the show where people in the in the first twenty minutes. I think we saw about five beheadings or yeah. something. She goes, "That's enough oh, for me." It's worse. You want to watch something yeah. good? Check out Daredevil on Netflix. That's brilliant stuff. I binge watched thirteen episodes on Saturday. Yeah, That's right. the whole lot. <laughs> yes. Brilliant. So anyway, uh, Game of Thrones. Do you watch that one, Frank? Game of Thrones. I do. I must say, I, I'm a little bit different to you two guys. I yeah, myself and my girlfriend both both watch it. We're, we're not huge fans, but fans enough to to keep up to date. And we did watch the the season five premiere last week. Oh, so you watched it the the live simulcast with the US, or did you watch it that night? Uh, we watched it that night. We, we, yeah, we, right. We, um, recorded it earlier in the day. I think it was yeah. on live at 11 a.m. That's right. Yeah. I, I'm too busy at 11 a.m. to be watching yes. you know, beheadings. <laughs> yeah, so, right. um, yeah we, we leave it till night time. That, yeah. That's our romantic beheading time. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> it's worthwhile for Khaleesi only. <laughs> yeah. Is that a character? Yeah, my girlfriend it's might be cute. listening, so I, I might just abstain from commenting on that one. <laughs> That'll be safer. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so she's a cute girl who controls dragons. Is that the blonde? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's always wearing like a medieval bikini. Yep. Right. That's got it. One. I've only seen it from the ads. I've got a, a picture of her in front of me, actually, because I did take a, a screenshot. But anyway. That, and I, I took a screenshot of the, the prices, the minimum cost it would cost you on Foxtel to watch Game of Thrones is $45 a month. Uh, that's the minimum. So that you're, whatever you get, your basic package and then plus a drama package or something. But if you wanted to watch it, it's, uh, you know, you've got to pay $125 equipment fee and a standard install fee of $75. So it's not cheap. And if even. you install it yourself, you still have to pay like 40 bucks. Yeah. So it's not, um, it's not, it's not cheap to kick off with but i suppose you know if you're going to keep it on over time uh then you know that that cost probably uh get you know you can you can handle it more why are you yeah, charging me to plug we, it in myself yeah yes. <laughs> yeah we didn't sign up for it for game of thrones it just happens to be part of our package i, I don't think i'd plunk down you know a couple hundred dollars just to watch a tv show i'd probably just mm. wait for it to come out on itunes and, and buy it then or something well they reckon it's not coming out on itunes maybe until you know like uh till the season finishes for starters, and then maybe not to like February 2016 or something. Yeah, that's what happened with the last season. Yeah, I think Murdoch signed a, a little uh, yeah, uh, exclusivity deal. So Fox yeah. are the only ones to have Star it. Star Wars just came out in a bunch of places, digital. Star Wars? Yeah, iTunes, Google Play, a few others. Okay, so it wasn't out before? You had to get not on, on digital, no. You had to get a, a media disc. Yeah, okay, right. Well, there you go. Uh, so, anyway, where was I going with all this HBO, Game of Thrones? That's right. <laughs> so, if you don't know what, what's all about the Game of Thrones. So, it's this big show, must be so popular worldwide that Murdoch's, as uh, Frank was saying, he's, he's, he's contracted it all up. So, no one in Australia, iTunes in Australia, no one can show an episode uh, until, or sell an episode until the whole series is finished screening on Foxtel in Australia. That's why it's Australia's number one pirated show. Yeah, and it looks like it's probably the world's number one because around the world you've got to have an you got to have a subscription to HBO, blah blah blah. But uh, but anyway, the first four episodes of Game of Thrones had been leaked online. Like they must be pulling their hair out. So the episode apparently there were review copies that were sent out for um, reviewers to have a look at and you know give their rating before it went to air, so they could put that in their newspaper and websites and stuff. 
But they'll they'll be caught, won't they? That, surely they'd be marked in some way. That, you think so? We'll find out, won't we? Because I think movies are, aren't they? You, yes. Yeah. So you would think digital that, watermark. Yes. Yes. So anyway, so episodes of the first the first four of the new series was illegally downloaded more than seven million times between the 5th of February and the 6th of April, uh, according to a piracy specialist. <laughs> Fell wow. off the back of the internet, kids. Yeah, that, this was a 45% increase on the same period last year. So there you go. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, look, you know, if it's the most pirated show in Australia, the question would have to be like, I, look, obviously I know everyone's not on Foxtel, but I mean, I don't know. Should you be really pirating it? Probably not. Well, you know, why? Probably not, but exclusive deals are still going to be the thorn in the side of streaming services and such. Yeah, well, Foxtel have got to get with the... Well, yeah, they've got to... Look, I reckon that, as I've said before, Foxtel are just about... They're, they're going to die, aren't they? They're going to they're going the way of the newspaper. They're going to yeah. go. It'll be streaming all the way. And that's why I think they've jumped into bed with Presto. Hey, presto. That's right. Presto. Well, Foxtel themselves have even started uh, almost a streaming service. I don't, I don't know if you guys are, use it too much, but um, there is a, a service on there where it is on demand that you can just pull up any series uh, apart from the, the most current series and you can just start from season one and, and, and play through. So they're already themselves starting to, to move into streaming within right. their own product. So I'm sure it's only a matter of time before they either have to move over to a complete streaming service or yeah. find some completely new business model. Yeah, because the only other reason I could think of why people would want to download it would be maybe because I'm assuming that when you pirate it, it comes down in probably 1080, like really high def. And then on Foxtel, you know, most people probably only have standard def. No ads, you watch it when you want to and it doesn't say, hey, you should not download this video. Did you know downloading is wrong, kids? You'll go to jail if you download. (laughs) Now watch the next 20 minutes of promotions from all these following things on DVD. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, Ads. So if there's none of that promotional stuff, does that mean you could, so if you download it, all that copyright stuff's gone, so that's okay to keep going? Yep. Yeah, cool. <laughs> okay. I mean, what, what's the point of putting that in the DVDs, right, and Blu-rays? Because the people who are doing it illegal are cutting all that out, so they never see it. The people who are buying it legit are the only ones that get bothered by all this crap. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. that's right. That's how it works, though, isn't it? Yeah, all right. Now, um, what else? Have you got that, anything that you want to talk about, Frank? Um, I've got a short story here. Um, I read on CNET that Google wants parents to be able to more easily figure out which apps are family friendly. I guess this ties in a little bit to what we're doing with our kids, so that's why I brought it up. And uh, Google said on Tuesday that it announced a new program called Design for Families, which designates which apps uh, in its Google Play stores are, are safe for children. So Google said that it's chosen to do this because it wants to support app makers and, and content creators. Uh, to be able to tailor their content specifically to, to family and kids. And I just think it's a, a really interesting take on um, Apple Store where they, they segment the, the apps, but they don't actually have a separate rating where, where it's designed specifically and rated specifically for kids. Right, right. Um, so I, I think it'd be really interesting for a parent to be able to, you know, hand their, their iPad or their, their phone to kids and, and possibly, I'm assuming, it would, they could lock it down to only be able to buy apps Mm. Um, from that section. So I thought so that was an, an interesting thing that Google are bringing out. Yeah, okay. Yeah, what else would work with yours? Um, your stuff is also Google now bringing out um, kids-only accounts for YouTube so that they don't see any um, stuff they're not supposed to. And in fact, they have an app in their app store called YouTube Kids from Google Inc. that only lets you show stuff that's rated for kids. 
And yeah, oh, absolutely. I, I think you know the internet's becoming so big now that we're they're starting to tailor things to to specific needs, and it's great that they're you know making a, a safe haven for kids mm. uh, online. Yeah, so I think I read a story. I didn't uh, uh, copy it down for tonight, but there was something about that that there was a bit of a blue. Although the, there was the YouTube for kids, but there was a bit of a blue about the ads that were being shown. So I'm not sure if they're getting you know served from the just the same YouTube server or whatever. But I think there was a bit of a, a bit of a blue over over that. But, I did hear that. I heard somebody said they had their kids watching a kids show in a. Um an ad for what's that latest? Um, oh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, right. on, during yes, kids show. Kids don't want to see that. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't remember where that was, but I did hear it on on another show somewhere. Yeah, so obviously the ads they mustn't have fine tuned it yet, so that the ads no. are, are they probably got to rate the ads as well or target rate. Part, the of, ads. part of the worst thing is having uh, ads built into games like on. Um, Google Apps and iTunes is that it comes up with an ad. You click on the ad, which takes you into YouTube, and then kids can there click on similar videos to this, similar videos to that, and then suddenly they're watching stuff you don't want them to watch. Mm. Now, I'll tell you, look, uh, Frank, I was just looking through the course content uh, that you guys do inside the schools there, and for years one and two. Now, now, what, can you tell us, if you can, what digital citizenship is all about? Yeah, sure. It's actually... It's probably the last course we actually designed. We didn't really think about it, but it's the, you know, pretty much one of the most popular chosen now from schools. And essentially what it does, it, it's a shorter course. It's a five-week course, but it teaches kids um, from any, any age, from year one through to, to year eight and nine where we're teaching now. And it's how to be a digital citizen, which means you know how to, to, to behave online, which includes personal behavior with you know mm. things that you should, should post, shouldn't post, or the ramifications of, of what might happen um, with your content that you're posting online. Um, through to how you interact with people, uh, we, we find that some kids are, are bullying kids, but not even by choice. They, they don't realize that what they're doing is being taken a particular way. So um, the course just goes around, you know, being safe online and, and how to interact and, and be a digital citizen right. um, in the year 2015. Yeah, that's all right. And look, I noticed a common theme against uh, across your stage one, stage two, stage three and four is uh, Minecraft. <laughs> it must be, that's a big part of your of the learning. So it is. I've never heard of it. Minecraft. It, what's that? <laughs> in saying that, the schools so far haven't really taken it up. Um, we have a lot of schools that do it already. Um, so it, it's one of those courses that we're happy to offer to schools that don't have a, um, a Minecraft server. Um, but yeah, it's really good to see schools that already have this type of tech in place, and, and that's it's fantastic that some schools are, are forward thinking and, and designing programs around what their wow. kids actually enjoy and will engage with. So some schools have a Minecraft server. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's amazing. I didn't. I did not expect that at all. <laughs> no um, way. It's, that's it's, awesome. it's pretty phenomenal when you hear schools schools that have programs around it. Yeah, that's 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 awesome. Have you heard of that, Jace? Yeah, uh, my daughter's school because my daughter is Minecraft, Minecraft, Minecraft. Uh, she'd mention it to her teachers who'd mentioned it to the principal and then he was going to he talked to me in an email he was going to uh, mention my server that I've got a um, separate server just for my daughter and her friends and um, advertised in the school bulletin for the other kids to be able to join if they uh, thought of it but they, I, he never got around to uh, printing that so it hasn't happened. Yeah, right. Yeah, so that's all right. That's um, that's pretty good. So yeah, so there's heaps of other little things. What and I know in the uh, one of the one of the blurbs there, you've got uh, 3D printers. How does that is that a popular uh, course or popular yeah. topic amongst the kids? Absolutely. Um, every one of our instructors has a 3D printer that they take to schools. Nice. Um, and if a school does want to choose 3D printing and design, 
uh, we take them out and we take, teach the kids how to use some uh, 3D uh, design uh, software, which is very similar to like a CAD program. Mm. Um, and we actually print out the little objects that they design over the, over the weeks. And um, that's really popular with both schools and the students. The students love it. To be able to print out their own toys is, is very, very popular, obviously. Now, also, apart from the learning part of uh, what you do, you also this is also a business opportunity for people. And you've recently been to the Franchising Expo, which was in Sydney. How did that go? Did you go personally or someone from your team? Yeah, sure. There were three of us down there, um, myself and two other founders, and, and we went down and sort of to showcase to the public what it is that we're offering in regards to a business. And it was really good. We had a, a lot of interest. Um, I guess it's something a little bit different to your you know your your coffee van or your your subway or things like that because you know food retail is is very popular in the franchising sector mm. so we had a lot of interest um in saying that there's a, it, it is you know a little bit niche uh, to be in both technology and education so it's only for the certain type of people but for the people that it is right for uh they're very interested and um i actually believe we just sold a franchise that was a lead from the expo today so that Oh, it's a good excellent. day for us. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Now, I think uh, I was just reading your blurb here as well on the about the franchises. Now, you don't have to be a technology guru. You don't have to be a tech head to actually take part and to, to want to take up a franchise and, and go into a school with it. Uh, so you're just looking for what positive a positive person, maybe some children's skills, I would guess, if you want to do it yourself. Is that how it works or do you find franchisees would normally hire someone, to a teacher to do it or would they yeah. normally do it themselves? There's different options. Um, in general, so far, most people are, are buying it as a business owner and are looking for teachers and tech experts to, to give those lessons. Right. I mean, saying that though, if you're someone who, who loves tech, we well, do have one franchisee who loves tech and he has actually hired a teacher. So they'll work sort of in collaboration in the classes. Yes. Um, so it really, really depends. But mostly we're looking for people that are, that are motivated and self-driven to, to want to own a business. Um, and we can teach them the tech. That, that's no problem. Yeah, um, cool. But yeah, it, it's, not, it's not strictly for someone who's into tech already. Yeah, so uh, if anyone wants to know more about that franchise opportunity, you can go to scopeiteducation.com.au, uh, fill out the little form, a little contact us form. Uh, I'm not sure, can they contact you on the phone or is it just through the form? There is a phone number? Oh, there, yes. there is a phone number there, there but in general, number. we prefer email so then we can make sure that we start getting some, some details with people and we can try yes. and coordinate a time that's best to speak because you know, conversations usually go for a while when you start yes. talking about, <laughs> about a business that you might want to get into. So Yeah, sounds very exciting. Excellent stuff. All right. Now, uh, what? let's have a look and see if we've got any... What else have I got to uh, talk about here? Let's go back to the top. Jay stole one of my stories. Uh, <laughs> the uh, WWDC 2015 dates are, have been announced. For the lucky yes, and Apple have said they they're banning any selfie sticks. Oh, really? Yep. Why? Is it, <laughs> they specifically it? named it. Yeah, <laughs> big news. <laughs> so I don't get it. That's that's not the first place I've heard banning a selfie stick. What's the? Are they worried about people poking people's eyes out, or what? Why are they being banned? Maybe because you look like an idiot, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Too touristy or something. Yeah. So fair income, they're getting banned. I, I think that's crazy. But anyway, the event takes place between the 8th and the 12th of June at the Moscone Centre in San Francisco. Now, you too can attend if you're lucky enough. Apparently, you get picked out. It's a raffle. And then you've got to part with 1599 US. That's 1599 US. Whew, you must have to be keen, wouldn't you? Uh, registered Apple developers can apply for tickets, and there's a link in the show notes if you if you want to. I'm not sure if any of our listeners are uh, hardcore like that, but you never know. Uh, then between the ages of 13 and 17, 
Wow. You'd have to be pretty good. Maybe uh, one of the graduates from a Scope IT education course would uh, attend in future years. Uh, be sponsored to that go would over. Be, uh, that'd be a nice news story for me to, to read that one of our kids have gone across and yeah, wouldn't it? made something big of themselves. <laughs> yeah, so like, well, you can get in there between 13 and 17 are also welcome. So you'd have to be yeah, pretty smart, wouldn't you? Yeah. All right, so that's the WWDC. Look, the Apple Watch, when is that due out? I think you can you can buy them now, but they and the people who buy them now can pick them up on the twenty fourth. I think. Yeah, Something the like. Apple actually rang me today to uh, invite me in to to test them out. Um, so, so I, you, you, I politely declined. It's not for me. Uh, the Apple Watch. Um, I am a fan of Apple products, but I, I just don't think the watch is something I'm I'm too interested in. So, did you you obviously didn't pre order then? So, well, there's no. Jace's. What's the, what's Pebble. that one? Pebble. Pebble for the win. <laughs> so how did how come they rang you up? They just thought you'd be interested. Oh uh, yeah, we through the business we have a an Apple um, oh, business yeah. relationship. Sure. We yeah. we use a lot of Apple products, so they yeah. gave us a special invitation to go in and, and try it out, which is great. They um they're, they're really good to work with on a business sense. I must say Apple are great. Mm. Um, but in yeah, in this instance, it's it's not something we we'd pursue. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, it's not something like I like that the the stuff mobile stuff from Apple as well, but it's not something I would probably do either <laughs> um yeah i'm just not into it well how do you find your watch jace like are you well, you're obviously happy with it you got it on great yeah um one of the features that i really like about it is the um, quick sms replies you can set up about um half a dozen to a dozen depending on if you pay a couple of dollars or not um canned responses and then if somebody sends you a message while you're just walking along instead of uh, pulling out your phone and then opening it and then hitting reply and typing in your message. You can just press a couple of buttons on your on your watch and send a message to them to say thanks or yep, I'm on it or cool or whatever. But how do you Very type on easy. it? How do you? You don't. You type the message uh, as a canned reply on your phone, and that syncs to the watch. And then when you get a message has been sent to you, you just hit reply and then press down, down until you find the one you want. Could be three or four presses and then hit send and it'll send no or yes or cool or whatever's already pre-programmed. You know what would have been cool is to get to get more uh, screen real estate. They should have come out like with the flip watch. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so when you get a message, it flips up and then there's two screens like the old Donkey Kong games or whatever. Dual screen, yeah. You know, and it just flips up. Pebble how cool, DS. How cool would that be? And then you've got two screens to look at. Yep. I don't know. I, I should be an innovator, shouldn't I? <laughs> you should be on their design team. I know. I should be. I might get a prize at the WWDC. But how's that? That'll come out. You watch now that we've said that. Someone will bring that out. A, a flip watch. you got a trademark, dude. <laughs> oh, talking about trademarks. Look, I've got a story about trademarks. Uh, let me find it. A uh, segue. Yeah, the podcast patent troll faces a blow after a US ruling. So there's this company that's going around saying, we invented and patented the way podcasts work and all that. Now yeah, he's going after Adam Carolla and everyone, big, big stars. Yeah, so he's, yeah, it's CNN and everyone. So apparently there's a couple of places that have actually paid this company money. Uh, but anyway, I'll start, let's start from the start. The problem is when you go against the really, really rich and famous people who've got money to fight back, that's not a good idea if you're going to be a patent troll. <laughs> Well, this guy apparently uh, he's won he's won a certain amount of money. Uh, look, I'll skip to the end. I'll tell you what he's what he's won here. Uh, last year, Texas jury ordered CBS to pay one point three million in damages to Personal Audio, which is the people that are 
claiming the patent. Uh, after finding it had infringed the patent after placing TV shows on the website. So it's all about, uh, you know, how the RSS feeds work. So a new episode goes up on the website and then you can download it. That's sort of kind of what they've patented, or supposedly. And they're saying, well, anyone that does that has to pay money. And so obviously, you know, what we're doing now, podcasting, that, that'd be us. We'd have to license it in some way. But apparently our personal audio lists Samsung, Apple, HTC and LG among the licensees of other music and podcast related related patents that it owns so so anyway this these guys have gone to court and the latest decision could be could potentially prevent personal audio legally requiring media groups to pay if they update their sites to show new episodes now the texas-based company had previously targeted u.s firms including cbs nbc and fox like you know Aim high, eh? <laughs> go, go hard. But uh, its efforts were challenged by a digital rights campaign group. Now, this was the Electronic Frontier Foundation. So they've challenged them. They've been funded uh, via crowdfunding. So yeah, it's uh, it's uh, everyone's just chipped in. That you know, because no one wants to have to license a podcast. Now, the U.S. Patent Office now has invalidated critical parts of the related intellectual property rights it had previously granted to Personal Audio in 2012. So the successfully challenged elements of the patent on the and it was based on two arguments. The suggested technique would have been obvious to other develop uh, would have been obvious to other developers at the time, meaning it should not have been protected. The evidence given for this was that CNN had described a web-based video library of its own in 1995. Now the uh, personal audio patented in 1996. So we've got a um, we got prior art. That's right, and the Canadian Broadcasting. Corporation published a paper in 1996 uh, detailing its trial of a system that allowed people to download radio shows from the web following their broadcast. This meant the technique had already been anticipated or described in a printed publication before the patent was filed, meaning related rights should never have been granted. Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, look, take that. It looks like it's going in the right direction. So let's hope it keeps going that way. Yeah. Uh, any more, Jace? Yeah, a bit of a funny one. A uh, chess grandmaster's career is in the dump after officials flushed out a smartphone he hid in a toilet to cheat during an international tournament. (laughs) Georgian champ Gaez Nigelides was thrown out of the Dubai Open after his opponent, Armenian grandmaster Tigran Petrosian, suspected his frequent runs to the John were prompted not by the call of nature but cries for help from a chess app. (laughs) <laughs> the disgraced grandmaster, whose social networking account was logged onto the phone, had his moves analysed by the app. He faces a 15-year ban for his wrong move. Nagalides would promptly reply to my moves and then literally run to the toilet, Petrosian said after Saturday's match. I noticed he'd always visit the same toilet petition, which was strange since the other two petitions weren't occupied. Petrosian said he alerted the chief arbiter about his suspicions. After my opponent left the very toilet petition yet another time, the arbiters entered it, he said. What they found was a mobile phone with headphones. The device was (laughs) hidden behind the pen and covered with toilet paper. Dubai Chess and Culture Club officials took to social media themselves Sunday to announce on their Facebook page that he was expelled. A cheating incident was found during round six by Georgian GM uh, Guy Osnigalese. Bravo to the chief arbiter. Mahdi Abdul Rahim for taking the complaint seriously and raising it to the tournament director. Electronic device was found in the toilet. The club, which he declined, denied, uh, the club which Nigelides denied owning the device when confronted, also posted a picture of the phone and an official game sheet. Now, so. did you did you mention a culture club official in that? 
Yes, to buy chess and culture club. Oh, right. chess and culture club. <laughs> I thought that's what you were, where you're going there for a second. Come, 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 yeah. come, come, chameleon. What's he doing these days? He's in the can. Come isn't he? and go. He's in the can, isn't he? That dude. He was at some stage, I think. Yeah. All right. <laughs> now, if you want to watch us live, you can watch us live. You just go to the aussietechheads.com.au forward slash live website. And when are we on? Well, it's 7.30pm uh, Thursday nights, East Coast. And uh, work that out wherever else you are. Like PA has done. He's he's worked it out. And he's jumped on at 6.22 in his morning. He's in the, where is he? In the US somewhere. Now, has any, anyone heard of Hickory, North Carolina? Hickory. That sounds like it's a <laughs> bit of a backward place, doesn't it? Hickory Dock. Yeah, so okay, 720, 622. It's just uh, insult our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Hickorins. <Correct. laughs> Hickorins. I'm sure that's why, that's what it's all about. I'll have a look on the on the download map and see if we get any downloads from Hickory. And then I'll go, ah, oh, dull. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so hi PA, have fun today. Okay, well, uh, there you go. It was a false imprisonment conviction for Boy George. Oh, was it? Yes. Mm. Famous for furniture, Hickory. Apparently, I've just been told. The late mail. <laughs> so it'd be make sense be made out of Hickory wood. Windows Ten. What is coming next? Well, that is a question that has been leaked this week. Codenamed Redstone. <laughs> The update will be released to consumers in two waves in 2016, first in June and then October. The existence of Redstone was uncovered by a Brad Sams of NeoWin, who claims he received confirmation of its release date and code name from two internal sources. Oh, that will never be. And do you know what's interesting about that? The name of it? Yes. You can tell us. I know you want to. <laughs> it's from a um, type of uh, ore in Minecraft. So now Microsoft has bought Minecraft. They're using a um, name of one of the ores out of Minecraft, which is used to create electronic devices in the game and programmable devices. Mm. So, uh, yeah, so it's apparently going to uh, include parts of Windows 10 that had been left out due to just couldn't get finished in time, such as uh, th functions like the HoloLens. Yeah, HoloLens. You heard of that, Frank? The HoloLens. Yeah, it looks. Uh, That's awesome. Looks very it? exciting. If it's not just vaporware and it actually comes to reality, <laughs> that could be a, an, an amazing. Like there are projects uh, for the room for the Xbox. Where it would you hook up a projector and it would project the rest of the game against your walls with the game part you're playing on the television? Yeah, that's oh, awesome. That was something different. What was that? That was. Um... Yeah, I'm saying uh, possibly vaporware like that. Yeah. Ah <laughs> uh, yes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in saying that, you know, people have to go and, you know, um, experiment and do some R&D on different things and hopefully, you know, something trickles to light in, in 10 years' time. But that HoloLens does look amazing. Yeah. Oh, uh, just it, not so sure whether it will uh, actually <laughs> live up to the hype. It is hard to believe, isn't it? Because I saw the video uh, when it was sort of launched, if you could say. It was that big Windows 10 event or something, wasn't it? It was, had about five people there. And, uh, and they put them on, they showed this video, and there was like when you put the glasses on, it overlaid you know, the, the vision into the real world. So then it looked like you had a hole in the wall and you could go over to wall, over to the wall and like sort of go right close to the wall and you could actually try and look down into this hole that was in the wall, but it's not, if you know what I mean. But yeah, It's it kind of like a really um, app where you would have a TARDIS that would land in your bedroom, right? Oh, how good was that? Have you, did you see that app? <laughs> you talked about it last show, yeah. Oh, did I? Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, the show's just mixed together. <laughs> you <laughs> should try merge. watching it sometime. You'll learn a lot of stuff. It's really cool. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that app. I'll have to uh, redo it, but that's good. Yeah, look, I won't tell, uh, go on about it again, but it is really, it's a good app. Did you have a look at it, Jace? No, just I'm not sure. Was it on uh, Android platform or Apple? Oh, no, Apple. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, Frank, did you have any more stories? Anything else you want to talk about? Um, I have a small story here that I thought was uh, it was a little bit interesting. Mm. Um, um, are you guys familiar with the the radio bursts that have been you know picked up from the Parks Observatory in Australia? Yeah, I read what they discovered. That was that was crazy. Yeah, well, here I've got an article here from Gizmodo. It says, for years, astronomers at the Parks Observatory in Australia have puzzled over brief but intense radio bursts, which in some ways appeared to emanate from deep space. Aliens. Uh, no, no one had suspected, though, that these peritons uh, were coming from the lunchroom until astronomer <laughs> Emily Betrof, Petrov decided to install a real-time radio interference monitor at the telescope. Apparently, when you open a microwave in the lunchroom before the door timer goes off, the magnetron inside doesn't have time to shut off completely, so you end up releasing a burst of radio waves into the room and sending the world into a spin about aliens <laughs> might be trying to contact us. <laughs> That, look, that's got to equal the story a couple of years back of April Fool's story, where the uh, the astronomers and the and whatever they're going, oh, we've what we what we've just discovered was that we can all these lost episodes of Doctor Who they're bouncing back to us. They were originally transmitted yeah, in 1963. <laughs> I think that was from last year. Yeah. Well, now they've gone out into space, but hallelujah, these missing episodes, they've gone out as far as they can. They've bounced off a planet. They've come back. We've recorded them. We're, we're on fire. <laughs> We've recorded them. So, and that was, yeah, unfortunately was an April Fool's. It was a good story though. Way to annoy a lot of Doctor Who fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I fell for it. <laughs> I thought, yeah, how good is this? How good is it? Um, uh, Jace, any more for us this week? Uh, just a sad one. One of Australia's oh. most successful game developers has closed its Canberra operations with management citing development costs. A spokesman for 2K Australia, the developer of Borderlands, the pre-sequel, confirmed the closure on Thursday afternoon. The company was the last big games developer in Australia. We can confirm we've taken steps to begin the studio closure process for 2K Australia in order to better manage ongoing development costs while improving the working proximity of our creative teams. We're very grateful for the team's valuable contributions to numerous 2K projects and are working with affected staff to explore reassignment opportunities where possible. Employment with the Canberra studio fluctuated between projects but was often staffed by around 40 people. That's a bit sad. We need to do some more um, promoting and... Um, Giving extra, you know, money incentives to uh, games companies in Australia. Yeah, well, I suppose it's, is it like anything? It's just, it's just, um, there's just no money around. Or costs. What is it? Yeah, just costs and stuff. Yeah. Look, I, I saw this one here today. I don't know why you would want this. Maybe you guys could tell me. But a 4K phone. Do you really need a 4K phone? Sure. Why not? Apparently, Samsung. Uh, have got have brought one out. Samsung last night became the second major vendor to release its 2015 smartphone smart TV range in Australia. Blah blah blah. Um, it is about a phone, isn't it? That's yep. right. Isn't well, it? the yeah. next um, there was rumours that the next Apple TV, which was going to be an actual television with a screen and everything, was supposed to be 8K. So, but why would you on. want such a high resolution on a on a phone? Like, are you really watch your um, 4K Netflix on it, right? Your Game of Thrones. Yeah. yeah. See, now you're thinking. <laughs> but can you can you possibly tell the difference in quality? 
on a phone. Crisp, crisp. Yeah, but it's well, I don't imagine you can tell the difference, but I don't know if this is right. But if you have a 4K phone and you wanted to stream that to, say, a TV that can do 4K, oh. would there be a benefit then? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you're using it as a, as a conduit? That's the only thing I could see it being used for, which is a very niche, you know, reason. Because yeah. um, like you were saying, if you've got a five-inch screen, you know, 30 yeah. centimeters from your face, I can't see why a 4K <laughs> resolution would, you know, no, be No, well, that's right. You can you can see also like when even with TVs if you got a you come from a sixty inch TV you go and go and watch a forty two inch TV well the picture you're watching is instantly better because it's just smaller yeah so, yeah I don't know I don't know uh, all right where are we going to um, Frank how are you going for stories um, I didn't really have anything else to be honest. I was going to mention the WWDC as well oh, like yeah. you mentioned before the only thing I, I sort of was going to add to that was um, I guess for everyone that is you know on the iOS side of camp. Um, that we can expect probably, you know, the, the new version of iOS, um, possibly some new um, uh, updates to the programming languages, which, of course, we're interested in. Mm. Um, yeah, so just, just you know, keep aware of what's going to happen on, on the software side. That just uh, brings a question to my mind about, when, you know, when you get your kiddies to do the apps, the, they might make an iOS app or something, and by the end of the year, they're, they're going to have it up on the, app, on the iTunes store. Um, yep. Now, when they when things go up in the iTunes store, do they go up under like a scope ID name, or do they go up under a whatever name? Yeah, they'll come up basically for privacy reasons. Um, we, yeah. We've got to make sure that we don't have young kids because you know, a lot of the kids are, are only eight or nine. Hmm. Um, they'll come up under our, our master account, so we'll control all the, the the distribution of the apps for the kids. Yeah. Oh, that's good because that was leading to where I was wanting to go is like wouldn't it be good to be able to just go to one place and just see what apps these kids are making you know like just to see oh okay look, these guys are just making this is a good one this is not so good or whatever you know just see the quality of what's yeah. coming out yeah that's excellent Absolutely, we're not sure how apple's going to take that if we start uploading you know 500 apps a week or something to the app store from, from one account I, I don't know if they're going to cap it so we might have to have a few different accounts but yeah right. the thing is yeah, you have we'll to sign a contract with uh, apple and you have to be over 18 to be able to do that oh okay right you might get a free pass to the wwdc 500 apps a week you never know yeah <laughs> well I, I was reading not long ago where this guy had made a ton of money millions out of the apple store by having somebody make a game for him in his design and then just reskinning it 500 times and releasing exactly the same game with the same characters just with different skins on them and you know different colored cars or whatever is in the game and uh, he made a lot of money just because his game was there so much that that was the thing that was visible in the app store so they must mm. allow it to happen because you would think after they've seen the game same game you know three or four times they would stop it but after he's done a couple of hundred Mm. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, well, I guess so, but I don't know. That's what it's there for. Upload, upload, and upload. Now, look, just just going back, just before we probably leave this week, have you got any more stories, Jace? Uh, I could squeeze in one more if you want. Yeah, I was just going to talk about the uh, Netflix tax that uh, yep. has been getting bandied around, but you can go, you can go first. Tax all the things, right? <laughs> <laughs> We can't make money one way, we'll figure out another way oh, to get what? it. Overnight, the uh, European Commission filed a complaint against the internet giant Google following a five-year investigation into how the company operates. This could lead to billions of dollars in fines and change the way everything from booking flights to mobile software works in Europe. Here's a rundown. Allegations of abuse. The European Commission alleges Google has been abusing its power as the dominant search engine by favouring their own services at the top of the results, squeezing out competitors and stifling innovation. 
It works like this. When someone in Europe searches for a flight from London to Paris, they get paid ads at the top of the page, which are clearly marked, then a list of organic search results below. Only they're not as organic as you might think. The commission thinks Google is ranking its own services, like Google Flight, above competitors like Expedia or TripAdvisor, saying it's systematically favoring its own comparison shopping product in its general search page results. After years of talk between Microsoft, Oracle, TripAdvisor and Expedia failed to solve the issue, an inquiry has been launched. It will initially cover shopping but could also be expanded to look at travel and reviews and pose a threat to the digital ads that are one of Google's most lucrative revenue sources. Mm, Don't been... be evil, Google. No, isn't that their motto? Don't be evil or something? Was. Oh, have they changed it? It's still, isn't it that anymore? Well, whether it still applies or not, once you get that big, you know. <laughs> yeah, look, I just wanted to just touch on this Netflix uh, tax. I think I'm just thinking how how silly it is because, you know, I think everyone agrees that I don't know. Well, I probably agree that yes, they should probably be paying GST. Uh, everyone should be paying GST from a service that say is obtained in Australia. I had GST now soon, probably. They've been talking about that lately, right? On what? Increasing the GST on everything. Yeah, that's not going to happen. I don't reckon. We'll see. Nah, everyone's got to agree. That's not going to happen, I don't think. But uh, Or maybe to get Western Australia off everyone's back. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, the Netflix thing. Like, it's not Netflix that's going to hurt. Instead of ten ninety nine, it's going to be 12 bucks to yep. subscribe. It's not going to, like, you know, everyone's calling this Netflix tax, blah, 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 and why doesn't Netflix and Apple and all that pay the GST? Well, if they're forced to pay GST, well, then the, the prices will go up to compensate for it. Easy. Yep, I was exactly. say, that's not a no-brainer, is it, really? So just buy it from America and you won't get charged GST here. Yeah, but, you know, we, we've got to pay tax somewhere along the way. I line. hear some people already are watching Netflix from the US. Ooh, <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's more content, isn't there? So I've heard. <laughs> there's more content on the US one. Yes, is that why some obviously. people are doing that? Well, some people did sign up because it wasn't in Australia yet. Oh, are some people going to let that expire? No. Some people will stay with the US Netflix until they drag it from their cold, dead corpse. <laughs> All right. Uh, look, that's just about the end of the, the show this week. So I hope you guys have had fun. Uh, don't forget, you can see us on facebook.com forward slash Aussie Tech Edge, youtube.com forward slash Aussie Tech Edge, show notes at the AussieTechEdge.com.au webpage. Uh, you can contact any of us at uh, Glenn, Will, Jace, Shane at aussietechheads.com.au and Frank at scopeiteducation.com.au. So thanks for coming in, Frank. It's been great to see you again. Great. Thanks for having me on. No worries. Fun and I hope, hope, the, hope the Scope IT continues to, to boom and educate all our little kitties. It'd be great. Yeah, those franchises sound interesting. Yeah, and you too, Jace. Thanks for coming in. No worries. Catch you next time. All right. And oh, uh, Frank, thanks for thanks for sponsoring the show for the last three months. It's been excellent. Anytime. Thank it's you. been great. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be helping out. Excellent work. Thanks, Frank. All right. Now, that's it. So until next week, don't forget the AussieTechRadio.com and anything else that, that you might come across <laughs> that we do. I can't remember it all. The paper. I haven't mentioned that for a while. AussieTechEds.com.au forward slash paper. Comes out two, two editions a day, morning and afternoon. Can you keep up with it all? No. <laughs> do it on your iPad. It's great. All right. So until next week, it's uh, goodbye from all of us. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.